0: Global Bitcoin
1: Fest celebrating Bitcoin adoption with Bitcoin communities worldwide.
2: Good evening everybody. Uh we're just um going to be having some folks uh join in and then uh will request their presence. And as soon as everybody on the stage is uh, accepted, we'll, uh, we'll get going. So just hang with us for a little bit and uh, we'll get started promptly.
3: Simon, mean, maybe a few words about uh, Global Bitcoin Fest.
2: What is it? For sure. So Global Bitcoin Fest is um, just a group of plebs. We began just ahead of the uh, uh, Bitcoin law. Uh, coming into effect in El Salvador. And while that is the event that sort of uh, brought us all together, uh, it's not solely focused on El Salvador, but rather we want to have a a wider focus on Bitcoin adoption around the world. Um, I, of course, uh, focus on getting folks uh, from Latin America to tell us their story and the Americas. But Lucas has hosted spaces for Indonesia, as well as Japan. We've done Costa Rica, uh, now Guatemala. I don't know, Lucas, is there anything else that I've missed? Uh, Maybe a little bit about how it started.
3: Um, The 24-hour space uh, that we did spontaneously to celebrate the adoption of Bitcoin in, in El Salvador, and how that then kind of developed into a group of organizers that just uh, enjoyed listening to uh, Bitcoiners around the world telling their stories. So that was kind of the origin and uh, we're just a group of people that think it's interesting and do it because we think it's valuable to connect Bitcoiners all over the world with each other.
2: All right. So without further ado, um, I'm just going to uh, sort of turn it over to, to our guests. We're going to be focusing on uh, Bitcoin Lake Guatemala and uh, hear a little bit more about the project. So, Patrick, welcome and thanks for making this the time to, to join us. What we really want to know is uh, just a little bit more about you and just a little bit more about Bitcoin Lake project and how it got started.
4: All right. My background: I am a ear, nose, and throat surgeon by training. Um, I'm also a serial entrepreneur and an inventor. I've uh, done a lot of stuff. Uh, I was uh, been fortunate enough to step away from my practice about two years ago, uh, because my company is doing uh, well. So it allowed me to kind of focus on um, this and some other opportunities. And really, how this started was early this year, um, I was, you know, doing a really deep dive on Bitcoin. Um, I was not aware of Bitcoin beach at the time or, or just peripherally aware of what was going on with the effort. Um, and then, um, I based on my history in Guatemala, which, um, I'd spent six summers there with my family going on, uh, missions trips every summer. And that's the connection to Guatemala. Um, I wanted to basically bring this technology, Bitcoin, and create an economy and use Bitcoin mining um, to transform the environment, to provide uh, economic opportunity for those who uh, really are on the lowest rung of um, opportunity. And uh, about that time that I was kind of developing this this concept, I was listening to a podcast. I heard Greg Foss on the podcast, and uh, I know now, but I didn't know at the time, that um, the guys from Ebex Mercado approached him at the Bitcoin 2021 event in Miami. And then one thing led to another. I reached out to Greg. He put me in touch with Ebex Mercado, and then, um, you know, relationships started started there But the Ebex Carlino, in fact, had kind of started this project before I did. But once the Salvadoran legal tender law became uh, kind of paramount for Ebex, I think he had to pull away a little bit. But, you know, I've, I've moved ahead full steam ahead is this is completely from the grassroots uh really this is about bringing bitcoin education a bitcoin circular economy to uh Pana HL that you know we we love and and want to continue to help uh so we have uh Mario and Yangmo i
2: just want to maybe have Mario and Yangmo introduce themselves
5: th- th- thank you guys and thank you for for inviting us so it's a pleasure to see you again patrick and to speak with you uh i'm uh, i'm currently the P, the vp of sales and at ibex mercado we help companies and, and and shop owners and people accept bitcoin payments we're using the lightning network that's our our main focus right now um, we we started out in guatemala in 2018 helping bit helping people buy and sell bitcoin if you remember those days and if you were in Guatemala you, you you can remember that it was very hard to actually buy bitcoin unless it was peer to peer there was no there was no easy way of of you know transferring money to an exchange abroad and then getting some bitcoin so that's when uh, the founders of IBEX, they started um, they started to formally you know get the connections with the exchanges abroad and helping people just you know uh, buy and sell Bitcoin and from then on we started dabbling a little with Lightning and uh, you know, growing our 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 uh, our, uh, our client base and uh, as soon as uh, the El announcement happened. Uh, Yangmo and I actually were at Miami when we saw the president of El Salvador like in the big screen, announcing this big announcement. Uh, and um, we went to El Salvador a week later, and we we decided to develop tools for merchants uh, so they could accept Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin payments via Lightning. Because we realized something very important: Bitcoin for the individual is relatively simple, but for companies, there are a lot of other complications and things that you have to take into consideration. And that's how we kind of started doing our our, our merchant solution, and we've been expanding into other other types of infrastructure and and other uh, uh, services. Uh, Yangmo, if you want to do the introduction, then we can you know talk a little bit more about how we're. Uh, Uh, what what we're doing and how we can help
6: sure so uh hi everybody it's a pleasure being here thank you again for organizing this um and inviting us it's it really is um great to to share with the community and to hear everybody's stories so um i'm the cbdo i'm overlooking the business development um, opportunities of bitcoin uh, of uh <laughs> i wish no of ibex um and well you know it's 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 been a ride it's been a ride it's been very intense time ever since uh the el salvador law was passed and it came into effect um but you know we've been growing and in, 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 in we started in guatemala a long time ago um you know we started in in 2018 And 2019 operations officially started. And ever since we've been growing as a primarily Bitcoin brokerage service, you know, so it means a place where you can easily buy and sell Bitcoin. Though, you know, 90% of our customers usually just buy Bitcoin and that's our main um, proposal, you know, use Bitcoin as the best savings account there is because that's what it is in part, right? And now with El Salvador, it just brings out the net, the monetary network of Bitcoin um, into into the spotlight. And and I think that's for me the most the really the most interesting part of it. Not that the other is not important; uh, it is interesting, of course, as well. But it's just the monetary uh, network part of it is 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 what our region uh, needs. And um, as our founder, Jose, once said, um, you know, in, in developed economies, let's say the U.S., uh, uh, Europe and everything, Bitcoin is kind of a luxury. Um, but in Latin America, Bitcoins a necessity. And I, I, I truly believe that. Um, we're happy to be, you know, where we are with, with what we have because the future looks very
7: bright. And um yeah, that's that's for the intro. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. <clears throat> so I am um the president of Adventures and Missions and Global U. And we send young people around the world and have engaged in uh, you know, various crypto projects. And it just is maybe coincidence, maybe it's providence that my family and I will be on Lake Atitlan for two weeks, beginning in um, another another uh, week or two, and uh, we will be going there. Initially, we're going to do it uh, as a combination of ministry and and just uh, taking my family to uh, go to a place where I, I have loved it over the years, but. Then I I ran across Patrick in this project, and I'm fascinated because we're going to do the very same thing in South Africa and Swaziland, where we've got 8,000 orphans in 40 different um, villages, and uh, we really are enamored of the Bitcoin Beach project. I've been down to El Salvador, checked it out, and met with Jorge and Mike and, and the others, and and I, I just was when i found that this was actually going to happen in lake atitlan i was fascinated and want to help so i i've got um you know i'm an investor i'm an educator i'm a provocateur and um but i'm i'm late to this party and i'm just kind of catching up and wondering how i can help that's perfect it. thank you seth uh i thank you and welcome and thanks for making the time
2: so okay so i just want to maybe uh go back a little bit uh to mario and Yangmo, and Yang Mo and, uh, and just sort of um kind of uh, ask you guys um you know what what uh, your current role or how you hope to see you know um you guys become involved in, in this project uh, is it through uh, facilitating the the merchants around the Bitcoin Lake community, or are there other functions?
5: Well, thank you, thank you for the question. I think we 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 spoke with Patrick, and uh, the 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 role of what we we've been looking for with Bitcoin Lake uh, has been evolving uh, f- from the beginning when we when when Carlinio, one of our you know one of our partners. Uh, he, he he thought and he dreamt about this project and he 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 went to the lake uh, and talked to a few people to see how this could be done uh because we've 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 been involved with several several projects in the past uh, around the lake we already know like the the, the complications and the and the challenges that uh, that arise from trying to do a, a project that is in some sense very innovative, but it's also going to bring, you know, a lot of, a lot of questions and it's going to need a lot of education. Right. So we've been, you know, a, a a little bit slow. We were a little bit slow into, into actually, you know, getting in there and building the project because we were doing several other stuff at the same time, you know, from, from, from keeping the, the, the brokerage service alive to, to actually developing our merchant solution and, uh, when we started talking with Patrick, uh, I think we found uh, an opportunity, you know, to to kind of support someone uh, with our technology if they if they want to pro- promote it and use it with with their merchants. Uh, uh, so we so they so the merchants in Atlantic can start accepting Bitcoin via Lightning. But it all depends on on how you know how the community actually starts growing. It'll take some time, and I know. Uh, uh, patrick has uh, you know the patience and the grit to actually make it happen so uh, i'm just hoping that this this uh, this project grows grows uh much more
6: yeah from you, you know from from our side from from the different founders i think every one of us is excited about this we've uh, i can talk about my personal story you know um Financial inclusion is, is very important for me. That's how I came into Bitcoin back in 2014 during a fintech project. Um, I was trying to do, you know, the PayPal for Guatemala, in a, in a, in a sense. Um, it was me with a cousin and other people and everything. But there I, I noticed the importance of financial inclusion and the lack thereof here in Guatemala. And I started learning about Bitcoin. and I was like, wow. So we can actually do everything we're talking about, but actually do it and we don't need the bank in between. So there, you know, that's that's the point where I not only under like started to learn about Bitcoin, but started to learn from the whole financial inclusion aspect and, and the fact that you could participate in this financial ecosystem without anybody's permission. For me, it blew my mind, right? Because we we invested a lot of money. In this startup, and I mean the terms and conditions for that app, I think that was the most expensive part. Nobody read though, so um, you know it was just like mind blown. Like, wow, you can actually do all this that I'm trying to do, but without anybody in between. And um, the point there being is, there's a lot of challenges we have as as, as Latin uh, in Latin American economies, and, and I think the biggest one is exactly. That where you have an informal economy with, that's, quote, you know, formal economy. And, and there's a, the area where they meet is, is a very interesting, like, uh, border, right? Um, because that's where prices start to, to compete with, with each other and, and, and service. So if, if you're in, a, in an informal economy, you can, you can compete with price, but you're not able to scale. If you're a formal econ- in a formal economy or a formal company, like registered and everything, you won't be able to compete with price because you have to pay taxes, but you're able to scale and you're, you, know, you have access to different financial tools like credit lines, etc. So for me, I think one of the most interesting parts is, is um, how are we going to dilute that? How is, how is Bitcoin, what's Bitcoin's role going to be into this? Um I think, in my mind, it's, it's very clear. It's going to be, it's a pristine asset. And, and, and once people start understanding they can hold it as an asset and use it as a collateral, um, that's, you know, the winning strategy. Because for the one lending you the money, and it's, it's way easier. And for you requesting it, it's also way easier. And it's more realistic to, you know, grow your Bitcoin treasury throughout time. Now, it takes time to understand that, and it most of all, takes time to, you know, build it, and that patience and perseverance is is not, uh, you know, something that they teach you in school and definitely not in public school. Um, So then we have the challenges, IBEX, you know, being a a formal company registered and uh, working very closely with the banks. Uh, and banks, and let's be very blunt about this, see this uh, still as a, as a risky thing, right? And and their biggest fear is uh, money laundering. So for us, we have a policy where we cannot touch any cash. Because if you, we touch cash or if somebody deposits in our account uh, cash, they close our entire account. And, and that's where it's just as a business, it's difficult to, to move because, and, and as partners, we're kind of in this cross uh, road where we want to help as much as we can, but we have that um, impediment to receive cash. So everything has to be in a bank account. And the fact is that 60% of Guatemalans don't have a bank account. Um, so the mo- the ones that need it most are the ones that are really not getting the full Uh, access to this and and that's where projects like bitcoin lake and this type of things become very very important and 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 they're a centerpiece for growing the bitcoin um you know promise in 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 our economies how we're going to make it and and how we're going to make it happen is is that's that's the next steps i think we need to we need to do and that's why i'm so happy to you know, participate in this type of spaces um, to push ourselves as well as partners to, to you know, uh, be doing this because also in the day-to-day you sometimes get just lost with, you know, achieving your goals as a company as well and as a startup because, I mean, we're a small uh, company and, and everybody does everything. I mean, we do have like job titles, but everybody does everything. I mean, yeah, there's no, no exception here um i've been receptionist and everything you want
3: <laughs> so that's a cool part of it so um uh, i'd be really curious to understand a little bit about like what's happening on the, on the ground in guatemala in general what's the, what's the situation now with uh covid um like are the lo- have the lockdowns been severe is there a lot of bankruptcies like and um and then later of course like what is the uh um, what is the general perception um, and uh, attitudes towards uh, Bitcoin?
6: It, it, it's been said that Guatemala is a very entrepreneurial country. And uh, I think last year or something I read, an art, or, or before COVID, I read an article on that, on, on some international media. And the fact is, there it was a little bit misrepresented. We're a very entrepreneurial country out of need and necessity. So... You know, you have to make your own business if if you want to go forward. Um, that being said, when, the, when COVID hit, I think it hit very hard. And our lockdown at the beginning was very strict. And now it has been slowly opening it up. And um, as in any, you know, Latin American country, you have regulations. You have a lot of people that follow them, but you have also a lot of people that don't. For example, I mean, today I was it was my mom's birthday. And we were at this restaurant, which is like, it's a brewing as a brewery, and they have a beer garden, and that thing is booming. This has been full ever since the pandemic hit. So all the outdoor spaces and everybody that has access to a safe outdoor space has, uh, you know, has has found a like a a renaissance in in, in this uh, COVID times. Um, the necessity is very real. But the, the fact is that if, you know, if you're hungry and somebody's like trying to explain to you about nutrition and stuff, you're just hungry, man. You just want to eat. Like, don't tell me about, you know, protein and amino acids and whatnot. I mean, fuck that. I want to eat. Right. And, and that's where I feel people and sorry for the bad word, but it's, it's effect. Uh, um, and and I, I think that's where the people are. We, the the sixty percent of Guineans are in that point where they just want to eat. They just want to have access to, you know, financial tools. Don't have to be, you know, walk two hours to their next ATM to to get the cash or uh, being paid in a in a with a check and then they have to go on the on the fifteenth or at the end of the month and do a three hour queue on the bank. Uh, to, to get their cash out because cash is a huge uh, liability and they get robbed left and right. Um, you go into a bus, it's a, it's a risk thing. It's a numbers thing. Am I going to be jacked today or not? Um, so cash in a way um, for us is very difficult because it represents this liability. But then again, since nutrition and malnutrition is, is from the beginning on, you know, uh, we have such a high rate of malnutrition that I, I think it also affects, um, you know, the capacity to understand complex things. Um, and then, you know, somebody's trying to explain to you uh, what is money and, and you're just trying to eat. This is, It's difficult to understand the importance of an appreciating asset although that's what you need directly. You need to, a, a proper savings account and be able to manage uh, your accounts. And if you see all the mom and pop stores, they don't have any aid on how to, you know, have their inventory or not. Um, they do everything in cash and with a little notebook. Um, so the cooperatives, like the small banks um, that give out loans uh, to these communities they're going on a more approach of uh, an educational approach but then the, you have to you know put in the numbers and, and if you're going to make such an investment on people educating and the spaces for this and you know going door to door and everything that costs money and then there's this an inherent uh, risk quote unquote on 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 our economy um because it's a it's, you know um, like a, a, an economy in survival then you have to put high credit uh, costs like, like rates interest rates and and then you create this never-ending loop right and how do you get out and when I see El Salvador with, with Chivo which I'm not a fan of Chivo but dang that's just like the one solution that actually could work right get an app on everybody's hands uh, with Bitcoin, that they can actually do that. But obviously here on our private side, then you have the problem. If you do that, you cannot open a bank account. There's no bank that's going to allow you that. right? So, so it's like, how are we going to crack this? Not, I don't know. But the only thing I know, that what I can do and what I'm doing and what motivates me every morning when I get up is just keep on
5: pushing. Keep on pushing. I, I want to add uh, Esteban... Uh, one of the solutions that you know people find when, when they can't escape this type of cycle is is they they go to the United States. And that's why Guatemala, exactly. I think Guatemala is I think the 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 country with the largest amount of remittances in Latin America aside from Mexico. Uh in 2021 we had 15 billion dollars a little bit more of 15 billion dollars worth of remittances come uh, coming to Guatemala uh, it's 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 stupid the amount of money that, that really comes in it's it's either two or three times the amount of uh, remittances that co- come in compared to El Salvador and when you think about that that is a, a huge opportunity and one of the things, if if you, I, we don't have that type of statistic, but when I'm, I'm very sure I'm very confident that a lot of the people from, from around the lake and, you know, we call it the altiplano. So that area generates a lot of really, really great and skilled workers. They're fantastic. And, and those are the people that suffer the most because they want to, you know, they want, they have certain skills that, you, that, 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 you know, that let them, uh, uh, do you know generate a, a certain amount of money in Guatemala, but it's it's not enough. I mean, things things are getting more expensive, and and the people feel it. Like it, the, the the we don't really need to teach people what money is because we've already experienced it, right? If uh, it's 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 an experiment that we that, that we do every day, right? We understand value, and people, you know, people in in the lake, people uh, they they try to save. They they don't even try to save with banks. They even try to save, you know, just keeping their money under their pillow. So it's that type of you know thinking that we need to we need to help people understand. And when when we take into account the remittances, when we take into account you know I, that that people are able to transact uh, uh, fairly easily. Uh, with with Quetzales, but in Atitlán they also understand dollars and euros. I mean, it's incredible when you go down to the to you know to the lake and start talking to the people at the at the at the little boats, and they they understand Quetzales, they understand euros, they understand exchange rates, and they don't understand like the you know the like all of the mechanics behind of it, but they understand money. They can transact anything they they they, they want. And, and it's even more impressive when you start talking to those people and they have the basics of German and the basics of French in their language because they need to you know to transact. That's the beauty of 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 money and 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 commerce at the end of the day. And that's what I think is 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 going to push you know more people to get into Bitcoin.
2: So Mario, if I'm understanding correctly, then because of um, the the economy that um, uh, Lake Atitlan provides in which is um, thinking based a lot of in tourism, it kind of becomes kind of like an ideal place where to launch off as a as 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 a case study for what can happen in the re- rest of Guatemala.
4: I I think it is. I think it is, and I I think Patrick would agree with that. Absolutely, a hundred percent. There's enough dynamism in Panajachel once this gets going that. I think it's it's, it's not going to take two years like it did in, in um, El Zante. It's, it's, it, I, I suspect it's going to be a lot quicker.
3: How many people are living around the lake? Yeah. How many villages are there? Just a little bit more about how the yep. setting is.
4: Yeah. There's about a dozen communities around the lake. Hachel, the city that will be um, having our base of operations has a population of about 18,000. But I think the total population around the lake hovers around three hundred thousand. It's it's quite large.
2: Uh, the, the, there's a bit of an anecdote on, on uh, Peter McCormick going and visiting Lake Atitlan and and sort of t- taking a look at the project. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
5: I'll I'll tell you a little bit about the story, but uh, I I don't know all the details. I I was actually traveling when he was. When he, when he came down here and uh, uh carlino Car, Carlinho, uh, and uh and and alvaro another one of uh, of the Ipex team they they went down to el zonte uh a few weeks or I don't remember exactly the, the timeline but it was maybe a few weeks or maybe a month before the el Salvador announcement and they went out to el zonte and they found peter there and uh or some other uh, really uh, interesting Bitcoiners there, and Carlino convinced Peter to come down to Atitlan, and they brought him down to Atitlan. Um, I think they were involved in some sort of a, a Bitcoin event. He met some other Atitlan Bitcoiners. Uh, it was it, it's interesting, right? He he uh, he started looking at at the possibility, and he started talking about it in his podcast and, and a few of them. About the possibility of you know having a, a, a Bitcoin Lake as 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 uh, as well as, as as a Bitcoin Beach, and it's it's the basic idea of of, of uh, what we were thinking you know before the El Salvador announcement. It, I, the way I explain it is the El Salvador announcement changed everything, and if it's it's ridiculous to actually talk about the time frame. Because that was a, around six, maybe seven months ago. And it feels like it was 10 years ago. It's 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 incredible w- when we talk about it. So before the El Salvador announcement, he was here. We were thinking about, you know, maybe helping out communities to build their own uh, Bitcoin beach in Guatemala. But uh, <laughs> I mean, everything took a little bit of a turn. And then uh, we're focused in, in a lot of other stuff. And now now we need more, you know, as Patrick is saying, we need more of of. Of of the community building up themselves, right? We have to give them the tools and uh, help out, you know, a, a community leaders to to actually build out their community themselves, and that's how it kind of started, right? But the, but the idea, the dream was there. We we always, we always said that Atitlan was one of the best places, you know, to to build out a Bitcoin community.
8: Great. So uh, I have a question around that. Um, I would like to. Obviously, Guatemala is quite close to El Salvador. You can, I think, travel from the capital from San Salvador to 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 the capital of Guatemala maybe in five hours. So, I would like to like to understand, uh, yeah, how was the Guatemala before the Bitcoin law in El Salvador, and 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 how is now after, or mainly the the impact that that is 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 having in in Guatemala. Thank you Darwin that has been incredible like
5: before before the bitcoin law came into action in El Salvador eh, the Guatemalan bitcoin community eh, i mean it, it was it was there we had a lot of people buying bitcoin eh, but it was you know the conversation of 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 really of of, of bitcoin wasn't in anybody's mind after the El Salvador announcement. After the El Salvador announcement, it's everywhere in El Salvador, but it's also everywhere in Guatemala. You talk to people and they understand that now our neighbor country is using Bitcoin. And most people are still like, you know, hesitant to really adopt it. But there's a lot of people really asking the right questions, right? Acquiring a little bit more Bitcoin, thinking how it will affect, you know, their commercial relationships with El Salvador, uh, asking whether or not uh, you, you know El Salvador is going to leapfrog um, the the rest of Central America, maybe even other countries in the, in, in the developing or even the developed world uh, with their growth, and you know it's 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 uh, it it's been it, El Salvador was the match that basically lit the fire and that's that's what's been super interesting at least uh, from my perspective. I don't I don't know what you think Yang Mo.
6: Well, I I think yeah, Pandora's box is open and there's no coming back. Uh I can share a personal anecdote that I thought was very revealing of the impact of it on um on on the smaller scale. Um because obviously when 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 the I think Mario mentioned that when the news came out and we were in Miami, we came back um that that week we started talking you know with different banks and everything. But, but that's like a different part of it I think the most important part is is you know I was out for dinner with my wife um, in this like Vietnamese Guatemalan restaurant very delicious called Doi Doi totally recommended and at the end I had some stickers and I wanted to you know put some stickers up and because they had like a little section for stickers and they said, yeah, for sure. And they asked me what it was about. And I told them about Bitcoin. And the head chef, um, the um, you know, head waitress, and then there was the, the cook. And the two girls were like, ah, you know, I don't know, don't really want to get into this. But the cook said like, oh, I'm from El Salvador. And they just passed the Bitcoin law there. It, it's super interesting. And in that instant, everything changed. Like they they really got engaged into this they wanted to hear more they 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 let me speak out and uh obviously you know they they actually became customers so I, I think that was that was great so it worked and for me seeing that it was very revealing in the sense that I think it'll be a driving force in adoption um Salvadorans are gonna tell to Guatemalan. uh you know, expatriated like in expats in and, and, and Guatemala and, and in the US and are going to say, What you're still paying 15% on your remittances? We're paying here zero to, you know, three basis points, like or 0.03%. Like, what are you doing? And that's going to be one of the bigger drives. Um, like Manu mentioned before, remittances are very big. And uh, the other time I also was with uh, in, in a wedding of a friend. And one of them is um you know he works in in, in a fintech company, and I showed him uh, Bitcoin Lightning and how you can send one cent instantly throughout the world and his mind just exploded. I could see like the atomic bombs explode behind his eyes because he didn't think it was we were so far ahead and and it's a total threat and risk to his to his company, which is kind of like a remittance company so. Um, remittances are going to be the driver for Bitcoin adoption or Bitcoin, um, you know, understanding here in, in in Central and Latin America in general. And El Salvador has opened that one, and there's no way back. Um, then the next one I think is just as I mentioned before, using it as a collateral. The fact that you can save as much as you want and then you know grab a hundred dollars of Bitcoin and uses, use it as a collateral for a, uh, a short-term loan, if you go to the market right now, that's how they operate. Like the, the, the people in the, in the stands, they go to this prestamista. There's this guy in, in the middle of, usually in the middle of the market with sitting there, usually he's fat and he has a big stack of cash in his hand. And he lends out for all the commerces, for the merchants, for the smaller merchants, he lends out, you know, a hundred, 150, 200 quetzales. And the rate is crazy. It is absurd. I think it's near, it's it's, it's like an assault, honestly. Um, Because they lend out 100, they have to pay 125 by midday or 150. Somewhere, some, yeah, the rates are crazy. And if they don't pay up 200 the next day, right up.
7: Hey guys, it starts to I, get very violent can I, can very inter- fast. Can I interrupt here? Because I've got to get off here. And I, I just want to make one point. This is Seth Barnes. And um, the point is that we need a scorecard. We need a way to know if we're, if we're getting adoption or not. We need to know how are we doing at beginning to um, penetrate the market there in Panachel. And I want to just suggest a couple of items that we could begin to to put on a scorecard. So um, we're trying to build a circular economy, which means we need trust. We need proxies for trust. So I want to suggest that uh, we begin to count the number of shops or businesses that would take Bitcoin. That is one way that we know that the trust is beginning to uh, happen there in in Pinachel. Uh, if if there's a way to know the number of users, the number of people with accounts, uh, and then the number of actual crypto assets, I I don't know how we're going to find out that information, but even if we have proxies, that would allow us to see that it's working, that there's adoption, that there is actual trust being um, invested in the economy there. We're moving from the Quetzal economy to a circular economy based upon cryptocurrency. And uh, all of this has to happen in simultaneity. You can't just have supply, you have to have demand. So supply and demand have to go together and probably you need uh, some donations to jumpstart this, putting crypto in the the pockets, as it were, of young people who are going to be the early adopters And, and then, uh, talking to, like, I'm talking to one of the coffee shops there in, in Ponachell that I know. And, um, and you know, they would do it and I could maybe back them up and say, look, if, if you, you can't get, um, if you can't turn this into Casales, I'll do it for you. I mean, there's gotta be ways to guarantee that the money is good. So, um, I think we need to move from kind of these Big picture conversations about Guatemala or about remittances, or to a very practical conversation about the people of Panajachel and around the lake and how they're going to be persuaded that they can trust that these ideas that we have have tangibility and are going to be back, and they're not going to be left hanging. You know, uh, in America, we have the uh, kind of the uh, this game we play where you. You uh, it's musical chairs and the last person to sit down who doesn't have a chair loses. And, uh, you know, shop owners might worry about that. They might worry that they'll be the, the last one that uh, can't cash in their crypto and, and they, it's going to take them a while to actually begin to, to trust. So how are we going to measure that trust? That's the, the question. And if we had a dashboard that would tell us, uh, you know, all of us that are interested that we're winning, that there is penetration, that there is actual adoption of uh, of, of lightning or whatever it is that we're, we're using, then we can begin to um, to look at ourselves in the same way that El Zante has looked at themselves as having success.
3: So um, I I totally agree with uh, what you said. Said I think the the really like tangible practical that's why i'm 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 really interested in hearing like the step by steps and the small stories and that kind of stuff is is really interesting to to talk about um, just a small um, comment and a question as well um, but before I do that, I just want to say the first person won uh, fifty thousand SATs I'm sending it right now and uh, Seth um, you um, you say crypto. Um, you said it in your introduction, and now you're also talking about it. Um, is Bitcoin Lake a crypto project or is it a Bitcoin project? Because uh, Global Bitcoin Fest, we're very focused on Bitcoin.
4: Uh, yeah, I'll you're... speak for Seth. It's it's Bitcoin yeah. only. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, Seth I, is new to when... the yeah. Seth is yeah. Seth is new to the game, so uh, it's it's Bitcoin only.
6: I could, um, you know, I can I can tell you, and, and I think you you know, mentioned that, you know the, the musical chair part. Like, um, we also we're a Bitcoin only company, and um, we would never like leave anybody hanging. The point is, uh, Ivex Pay you can use it if you have a bank account and you're a registered, uh, you know, merch commerce with with your patent and everything. If, if that, that's where at least us as a company, where it starts to get complicated, if you don't, if you're a mom and pop shop and you don't have a bank account and you're cash based, um, unfortunately, with, you know, all the pain right now, we cannot uh, do anything like for that just because we put at risk the whole operation um, directly, though. But there's a way I think and 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 that's what we've been talking i think uh, like has been talking with past report um and I would like to you know make you feel known that you can have our our backup in there like um if the merchant is properly registered and everything you can make sure that you're gonna get like they can you know have Ivex pay they can use it and they're gonna have get in their bank account, so it basically just turns to be an additional uh sales channel um where you can, like a POS system, you know, charge with a credit card. Now you can charge with Bitcoin, and you get to, you know, get your kusalis in, in in your bank account. And on the dashboard of Ibex Pay, you can actually very easily through a slider adjust how much Bitcoin, how much uh, kusalis you want. So anything between zero to a hundred, you know, percent in Kitsalis. Uh we encourage yep. and. Always talk about keep your bit just straight up because you're not going to have more than five percent of your sales in Bitcoin right now.
2: Yangmo, yeah, just a just a quick question. Uh, so the yeah. Ibex Mercado does the auto conversion to fiat then? So yeah. for example, c- kind of like uh, the the concept behind what Chivo is trying to achieve, where uh, you accept Bitcoin and you use the the Lightning Network rails. But it auto converts to fiat so that people don't have to, I guess, be exposed to the volatility, right? It's, yeah,
5: it's a choice. I mean, uh-huh. it's a choice. It's yeah. a choice for merchants. So we give the merchants the choice. And the problem is here. For example, most merchants, when they receive a payment, for example, you're a restaurant. Uh, you you your your suppliers might not be willing to accept Bitcoin yet, so you need to give them a choice. Uh, at, at least, so that they can convert the the right amount of, of of you know Bitcoin into fiat and keep the rest if they want to. What's been happening in our side with our, with our merchants is most of our merchants are are you know are converting everything to 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 fiat, but uh, given the recent you know uh, inflation fears and stuff like that, they've been starting to consider you know keeping one percent, two percent. Of, of the transactions they receive in Bitcoin uh, into, uh, and keeping that as Bitcoin. now what the other thing we've seen is the amount of transactions that are in Bitcoin like as a whole, like compared to, to credit cards and compared to, to cash uh, transactions, uh, Bitcoin is so small. They could basically keep hundred percent of the Bitcoin and make sense because it, it wouldn't affect their their payments to to suppliers and and, and, and others. They, but you have to understand that that uh, most merchants they they they're still afraid of Bitcoin. They, I mean, and, and people in general, they still don't understand it. So so it's going to take a little bit of time when they when they can actually uh, start keeping Bitcoin. But the ones that are keeping Bitcoin, like for in 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 our case. Some of the our merchants are really just saying like I don't care I'm keeping a hundred percent. Those are the people that have done the work that ha- that do understand that have you know have been involved in the space and 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 that will come with time. It's 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 something that will be uh, will be more prominent in the
7: near future. I think.
2: Patrick, After just that. one question around the um, um, I guess uh, if not from the merchant side, but I guess from the consumer side are are is. Is Bitcoin Lake considering sort of like uh, kind of the same approach as El Sonte, like how they went with Galois to to have like a community wallet? Or what? what is the thinking around for, for I guess, you know, the people on the ground who are consuming and using daily transactions at a personal level?
4: I think uh, that that's still a work in progress, but we're leaning towards the, the Galois Bitcoin Beach wallet because, you know, Introducing somebody, especially at this scale, to something like Bitcoin. If everyone's using the same app, uh, they can locate everybody on a map and pay them directly. I think that um, adds a bit of uh, ease to the process, and um, so that's that's kind of the thinking at this point. But um, you know, we're we're kind of away from um, actually implementing a, a wallet solution. Um, it's, it's a, that's a work in progress, to be honest.
2: I could add
6: there as well. Um, like we're big fans of Deloitte. And I think they've done an amazing job with, with Bitcoin Beach. Uh, and it's just exactly the necessary thing to do. And, and that's the cool thing about working with you know, Bitcoin Lightning. It's interoperable with, every, with everybody. My experience when in 2014, 2013, I was you know, doing the rounds of talking to uh, mom and, and pop store owners they didn't really have you know in percentages how much they earned how much they everything and i had the feeling they were really more on just surviving they're on a survival thing and whatever bill is at the end left like a 20 dollar bill a 20 quetzales bill or a 100 quetzales bill that's basically their are earning they have no idea how they achieve that and the vendor like coca-cola or pepsi or whatever goes by and they just pay in cash out whatever they have in there and, and then whatever's left, that's, that's the earnings. So for me, I think, and what we just spoke right now, it's, it's, it's a key thing to, to break this cycle. How do you convince somebody that has never saved
2: in their life that they should start saving So we have a couple new speakers on on the stage here. Uh, I want to welcome Flo and Alexandria. Um, Just want to be absolutely clear that this is a Bitcoin-only space. So if you have a Bitcoin um, uh, comment or question for the Bitcoin Lake folks, you're, of course, welcome. Um, So we'll we'll start with Flo as you came in first, and then we'll move on to uh, Alexandria.
9: Hey, thanks. Um, I know in San Marcos they have people that have like a, a crypto, like a crypto community, like a Bitcoin community. Actually, I think that's the, the main focus, or at least I think it is. At least, um, what is the relationship between Panahachal uh, at the lake and also um, San Marcos at the lake? Are you guys working with them? What do you know about what they're doing? And I'm just curious about the connection there, possibly.
4: Uh, definitely aware of them, but uh, are not formally working with them
9: and what about like san marcos in general how do you feel the um like how do you like when you kind of like think about how san marcos is with bitcoin what's your take on that
4: i uh, i think uh, maybe be a little bit more specific do uh, is that do we feel threatened by that do we want to be encompassing oh, not- what, what's
9: not threatened. I mean, like, um, cause I know you're working in Panahachel and you want to like do some stuff there, but in regards to the scene, cause I know there's a lot of people into Bitcoin and into crypto, you know, they're just really into, uh, into that stuff. Um, in San Marcos. And I think there's a big push to, I'm not sure how successful it is so far, but I know that there's this big telegram group where they're basically trying to, uh, you know, they're working together in the San Marcos, uh, region. And I'm wondering if you guys have visited that area and have seen like what's happening there and are people interested in
4: Bitcoin in that area? Flo. So no, or Yango, no, I haven't. Um, the, from what I understand with the group in San Marcos, um, they do session or meetups and people have to pay, uh, for the meetups. um, we don't plan to charge for the education that we're doing. And the other thing that kind of complicates, um, you know, getting to San Marcos for people who are interested in crypto is, you know, paying a a water taxi to get across the lake. And if the weather changes in the late afternoon, which it often does, and that can just complicate um, people getting across the lake to, to learn about crypto or Bitcoin or whatever they're, whatever they're doing in San Marcos. But, you know, our project, I think, in theory, is already pretty large. And I think to involve more people um, from different communities all at the beginning would be a little challenging. Um, but at, at some point, definitely, if they're interested in implementing Bitcoin as a circular economy and helping the community. And, and that's the thing. We we're, we want to help the community. This is not about just educating people about Bitcoin to to grow their own personal wealth without doing something for the community. We, we definitely want to do something for the community. We want this project to benefit Panachal. We want this project to benefit the lake. And, um, that's, that's kind of the vision.
3: So, um, I'd like, I'd like, um, to ask a follow-up question to Flo. I just want to say something, um, cause the word crypto keeps coming up and, um, I think at this point, we need to uh uh talk a little about a little bit about this so um typically in this um uh, people that talk about crypto uh, tend to um be in all kinds of coins and they see bitcoin as like one of many coins that you can invest and trade and i c o and whatever um and uh when Bitcoiners focus on using only the word Bitcoin is because we believe that Bitcoin is the only decentralized, truly non um, non-ruled um, uh, asset or money. Yes, so Bitcoin is the only one that actually has solved the decentralization problem, and Bitcoin uh, proved with. Uh, yeah, beyond beyond any doubt, in the uh, block size wars in 2017, that uh, Bitcoin is incorruptible. Nobody can take over Bitcoin. All other quote unquote cryptos, they're startups or companies or you know pseudo decentralized. We call it Dino decentralized in name only. So um, same crypto is for us bitcoiners or maxis it's a little bit of an insult to bitcoin because um it's not the same thing it's not in the same space um it it doesn't it's 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 it's, it's you know you can't compare them basically because right. it's so fundamentally different so yeah. i want to say that to the audience um and i would like us to stop saying crypto because <clears throat> I mean, I would recommend you guys as well in in Bitcoin lake to not say crypto because um, it leads uh, the thoughts uh, to um, things that uh, in bitcoin history um, uh, kind of give a lot of bitcoiners PTSD because there's a lot of people that have throughout history said that they they are bitcoiners. Just look at the recent you know elon Musk uh, you know debacle where he he said, oh, Bitcoin. And then he started doing Doge and then, you know, camrocket and all kinds of shit. So, so I mean, um, it's, it's very often like a warning sign when people talk about crypto because, um, yeah, there may be a future pivot coming, you know?
9: Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I really see Bitcoin as the ultimate store of value and everything else is just a tech play. Um, and I think the word cryptocurrency kind of just encompasses... You know the nature of what we're dealing with. It's Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. Uh,
2: no, no. Okay, so we're we're not going to have this debate here. We're, we're featuring Bitcoin Lake here. I I I want to uh, stand one hundred percent behind what Lucas said because, especially in Latin America, where when we're dealing with folks who have always been so far away from the money printer that are extremely exposed and vulnerable. When we offer other projects that are just not Bitcoin, we stand to hurt the most vulnerable people in our world. So it has to be 100% in agreement that if we're in this space is because we believe that Bitcoin is the answer to all the vulnerability that these folks have faced for 500 years plus. And, 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 and yeah, no, I, I think that ends here. Alexandra, how are you? Welcome to the space.
10: Hi, thanks so much. I just wanted to echo on the Bitcoin comments. Um, I agree. Anytime I'm in any kind of uh, crypto type space, I always try to use Bitcoin because I think we should start normalizing that. So kudos to you for saying that. Um, How closely are are you working with Bitcoin Beach, uh, the people at Bitcoin Beach at all?
4: I've, I've interviewed Mike for my podcast, but, um, we're, we're not, um, we're not working together. It's not because we don't want to. I just, uh, we're just not working together.
10: All right, cool. Um, I also have a show, the advanced tech podcast. I was down in El Salvador in November and I had an opportunity to interview, uh, Chimbera. Um, I also am VP product of a lightning company based here in Canada. Uh, one of the things I do with my show is I have a community page. So if you'd like your initiative listed, uh, it's 100% free. I'm very, um, very careful with who I ask on. It's Bitcoin only or community initiatives. So I'd love to list you. Just uh, reach out to me privately and I'm, I'd be happy to have you on.
4: Thanks so much.
10: Of course.
2: Antidote 2022, thanks for coming up to the stage. Do you have a question or comment?
0: Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for giving me the uh, time to ask my question and the only question I have and I don't know if 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 it's a uh, proper question but here in the USA um, you know a lot of us still or I guess everybody in the world still try to figure out with the taxes right you know we we invest in Bitcoin, buy sell or mostly for me hold but how is That being taught to the people in Guatemala at the uh, Lake Atitlan, um, or well, I guess the Guatemala government is not taxing Bitcoin. That's basically my question regarding taxes.
4: Could I? am not sure. Someone, on, some of this, yeah, yeah, go um, ahead, Django. But what, what I would say is probably a lot of the economy is shadow economy, they're Probably not paying taxes anyway, but that's probably how that's going to be handled. Yeah, so uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah,
0: there's another. I, I guess my question was for the for the small bits businesses you're helping. You know, at some point, I guess at the end of the year when they make make their taxes, I mean, is that being taught to them? How, how is that being handled? Because I know everybody's having it's going through that all over the world. How to figure that out? So I was just needed to know if there's a something implemented already in Guatemala.
6: As uh, Patrick mentioned, like 60% of Guatemalans don't have a bank account and they are active in a, you know, informal economy where just straight up, they don't pay tax. Uh, okay. And they're nowhere near in a, in a, in a mindset uh, where they think they have enough wealth to actually pay tax. Okay. Um, but that being said, It is actually a very interesting point because um, Guatemala has a a tax law that um, allows you to have assets outside of Guatemala that generate yield outside of Guatemala, and you don't pay taxes on on that yield. You don't pay capital gain taxes. For example, you can have shares of Tesla, Amazon, whatever, and you don't pay taxes, and Bitcoin... um, foils straight up into this, which is super interesting because it makes us one of the very, very few jurisdictions globally where you can hold Bitcoin and um, you have a law that, you know, backs you up and you don't pay tax, which is awesome. Uh, And that is Guatemala. That's one thing. And then you have El Salvador. Being a legal tender, it is just like money in your bank account. So one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin and you're not paying paying capital gain taxes. Which is super interesting. And and to also, add like, an extra one just in there, the third point, which I always like to add because I think it's very important to have this in mind, is that there's also a law uh, called de um, visas, which allows you in Guatemala as a Guatemalan and a Guatemalan merchant to receive any currency, official currency of the world. You can, you know, be paid in dollars and euros and yens, whatever. If you want to receive them by law, you are able to receive that. And now Bitcoin is legal tender in our second most, um, you know, trade, like uh, active economy we're trading with. Uh, One is Mexico and the other one is El Salvador. So that's also very interesting. You have two parts there. One that allows you to save Bitcoin in Guatemala and don't pay taxes. And secondly, one that you could effectively argue in favor of using it as a currency.
5: So yeah, we'll see what happens. So so the banking regulator established Bitcoin as an asset. So there are some you know tax uh, tax implications when you convert Bitcoin into fiat. Uh, but the way we're doing the way we're doing our, our let's say our merchant solution is the client is not necessarily the one holding the, the Bitcoin or receiving the Bitcoin, they're going to receive fiat if they choose to, and we convert it in another jurisdiction that is friendlier to, to, to the conversion. So uh, it's, it's not really going to affect initially unless they want to start holding and saving in Bitcoin.
6: Well, but yeah, that, there's like, that's the whole point. There's, um, there's not a, a specific law to it, but you can argue that Bitcoin is an asset that generates yield outside of the country. Therefore, you don't pay capital gain taxes on it. Um, and to be frank, also, if, let's say, you know, worst case scenario, right? They say you have to pay taxes. Capital gain taxes is 10% in Guatemala. So, you know, on a global scale, it's it's a third of what the U.S. citizens pay or Europeans pay. So, you know, it's still, it's still an advantage.
2: So, Our, uh, oh, go ahead.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just want to ask a follow-up question. So, um, Bitcoin being interpreted as uh, a foreign asset is quite an interesting uh, thought. Um, how was the kind of reasoning around it? Because it is, yeah, it's, it's stateless. Um, so you could also argue that it's in Guatemala because you can't actually define the state it's in. Do you think there's a risk that they would change their mind? What's the history of like tax regulation and so on?
6: Well, um, that's like that's the interesting uh, interesting part. Right now, we have we're not at a point where this argument has been, you know, argued to, to death. Like it's just out there. Um, effectively, you could say you know it's in a server outside of of Guatemala, and and that's why it's generating yield outside. Um, I always at the beginning when when. It, everything started. I always said this to you: have this book well, you either pay capital gain taxes ten percent, or you argue um, um, on this direction and you don't pay anything. And at the end, the relationship—it's you know, the, the person that's holding it or the institution that hold, holds it—it's a very direct relationship to the SAT, to the um, um, you know, the Guatemalan um, tax uh, office. So, so it's, it's, it's your choice. You, you get to pick. Um, and recently I was uh, giving a talk with a fellow, with, with a, a, a talk organized by the Chamber of Commerce here in Guatemala. And there was this um, expert um, lawyer on, on taxes. And, and he argued for the case that it is outside of Guatemala and then generates outside uh, yields outside of Guatemala. So when, when he said that, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go and always say this because it just makes more sense. And it really is an advantage. It'll take years. till like institutions here, like the SAT just realize and has a way to actually be able to, to follow suit in this and track and be, see how much Bitcoin you have. And I mean, If we ever get there, there's so many other problems that this is, you know, the least uh, one of them. uh, And um, for now, I think you have to just focus on um, accumulating Bitcoin and don't worry about taxes. For now, you have this law that you can argue. There's also an advantage um, in Guatemala that laws, if uh, when put into motion and and invalidated, they're not, they cannot be re- retroactive. So they cannot, by constitutional decree, um, charge taxes uh, retroactively on your Bitcoin. So it's safe to huddle. It's safe to huddle. And then at the end, if you even get there, you know, just went into the beach with your USB in your pocket and ah, I lost my keys at the Pacific.
3: That's it. Lost your, lost your bitcoin in a surfing yeah. accident <laughs> yeah i just i just
6: want on, to
4: the acknowledge... lake. on the on the lake yeah
6: on the lake the choco took my keys man i don't know yeah. i got I just, nothing I, and i'm happy i
2: <laughs> just want to acknowledge uh, uh our bitcoin maxi friend power here but just just before i i cede the the floor to to power in his question or comment i just want to maybe briefly ask in a brief answer on how uh i guess the political situation uh, d- does el salvador and guatemala get along Do, are the presidents and the the governments in sync with each other or is there you know i know that el salvador has sometime had a rocky situation with honduras are you guys in good terms
6: yeah i think i i haven't heard anything bad i think I've, Every everybody expresses themselves positively. We trade a lot with the economies. There are a lot of companies, um, big companies that are from El Salvador that are here in Guatemala and vice versa. So on, um, you know, top point 0.1%, they get along very well on a political side. I'm not so sure. It's, that's the whole point. Like, Bukele is like a mystery for me, man. There's there's many. Things and, and we can talk about that. I'm happy to talk about that. Um, so there's some people that see it positively, some people that see it on a negative side. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird mix. It's a weird mix. I don't know, Mario, if you can throw in something about politics. Mario has a yeah, better idea on that than I do. For,
5: for sure. Uh, Guatemala and Salvador are, are very, um, very good commercial partners. Um, we like each other. Um, uh, that's the, that's the summary. Uh, but I think, uh, you, you talked on something important, uh, Yangmo, uh, Bukele is, a is a political phenomenon, right? And, 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 uh, Central America as a whole is looking at how, uh, at how he's doing what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing. And, uh, I think that over time, uh, uh, there there should be, I think, better relationships. Uh, but uh, but I don't know. I think uh, politically we're doing fine with, with El Salvador. Uh, hopefully Guatemala learns a lot from Bukele. <laughs>
6: yeah. I mean, bear in mind, we have a full dictatorship here in Central America. Nicaragua and what Ortega is, is a full-on dictatorship, man. And it's right there. So,
2: yeah. Thanks. Uh, Power, you have been waiting for a while. Welcome.
1: Hey, yeah uh, Yeah, how's everybody doing? Thanks Uh, Jaime and Lucas Yeah, I have two questions Uh, First question is, is there legislation In Guatemala uh, to make Bitcoin legal tender? That's my First question, and then the other One was, I was listening earlier You guys were talking about the remittances In Guatemala, did you say that Guatemala relies on more Remittances than um, El Salvador? So those are the two questions: Is there legis- Is there current legislation in Guatemala to make Bitcoin legal tender? And uh, can you uh, give those numbers about the um, remittances that Guatemala relies on?
5: Sure. Um, so there is no. There is I, at least in in uh, to my knowledge there is no. Uh, project to bring a, a legal tender Bitcoin law in Guatemala. Uh, but that being said, uh, there is something interesting, right? Uh, because of the current, you know, the current laws in Guatemala, there is a law that it's called the, the, the Libre Negociación de Divisas. So it's, uh, it's a law that basically uh, says that we need to accept our neighboring countries and international currencies as currencies so that we, we are enabled to, ch- to, to trade with each other with, with, uh, with ease. So in some sense, like the legal frame, framework is already there. Uh, what, we're, what we think is going to happen, and we've had a few meetings with, with, some, with some people, is that um, it, we're, it, they're deciding and, and trying to understand what the procedure uh, should look like. And 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 I think uh, although there is no legal tender law, uh, I don't think we are gonna need one if if uh, like the the regulators start accepting that uh, Bitcoin is you know another country's currency. Uh, it'll depend. Let's see what happens in the let's say in the next six months. Uh, now, with regards to the remittances. The the current data on how much remittances were were received in Guatemala uh, by the end of 2021 was around 15 billion dollars. Uh, I think El Salvador was uh, expecting around six or seven, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I, I'm not really sure at, at, at uh, how much remittances they 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 got in uh, last year. So.
3: A follow-up question, just sorry on the uh, legal tender thing. So it's not illegal to say transact in other currencies. So I could buy something with Bitcoin in Guatemala.
5: So the the way it's the way that the the law is set up. For example, if you come with yens and with uh, Japanese yen and you want to buy at a store, right? Like the store owner or the store person can freely negotiate the exchange rate they're willing to accept the yens. In order to to transact with you, and and we do that every day. Like if you go with dollars, and it's, it's super weird in Guatemala, right? There's an official exchange rate, but you can go to a store, and the store owner can say, "Look, I'm going to accept this dollar instead of the official exchange rate. I'm going to say I'm going to use my own exchange rate, and that's what happens. So that's that's the way the law kind of works.
6: Yeah, you can go into any McDonald's here in Guatemala and pay with dollars, US dollars. And they'll accept that they have their own exchange rate, and it's obviously higher than the official one, but they accept it.
1: Hey, uh, um, just one one last follow question on the remittances. So, if Guatemala was to um, utilize the Lightning network, the citizens that are sending remittances have have you guys worked out the numbers, like how much the GDP would increase if they would send remittances through Lightning and play and pay way less in fees?
5: Huh. So it it, it depends on 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 what the accepted you know the accepted uh, fee current fee structure looks like. Like what we're thinking is the the at least the remittances part could increase between uh, anywhere between eight and twenty percent. So if it's fifteen billion, we could add let's say a few billion dollars more to remittances, which would be great for Guatemala, of course.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Uh, hey, thanks a lot for answering my questions and letting me ask questions. Thanks, everybody.
3: Uh, I'm very curious mm-hmm. about um, uh, Mario and Yangbo. You're both uh, uh, involved in EBEX, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah, so uh, one thing that I'm uh, curious about is, because uh, it seems like EBEX is one of the really strong uh, exchanges in um, uh, Latin America, and um, I'm very curious about the history. How how did it come about? that Guatemala uh, originated one of the uh, strong exchanges in in the region.
6: Uh, it's we're Guatemalan bitcoiners, man. Uh, yeah, and we actually met through through meetups. Um, Carlino, Carlino was the one that started the whole the first and started doing the first meetups here in Guatemala uh, with a project called Saber. Um And I have to admit, I, I diverged. I, I There I started like, you know, looking into, and please do not throw me out like the whole blockchain stuff. Um, and I worked with Ethereum and I noticed like, dang, that shit doesn't work. So I came back to Bitcoin. And in in that journey, I met the Lima's brothers, uh, Jose and Juan Pablo, who had this idea of of doing a a Bitcoin exchange here. And um, I joined them. And later on, uh, Rafa joined and Mario joined. And now we're seven, uh, six Guatemalans and a Salvadorian uh, doing this. And um, yeah, it we don't describe ourselves as an exchange. We describe ourselves as a Bitcoin services company, and our main um, business at, at the moment is the Bitcoin brokerage service. Um, so, yeah, that's the short story. Into all those awesome through
3: meetups. But and is is, yeah. is there anything specific about do you think uh, about Guatemala that like helped propel? This development of, of your company, and by the way, we've all kind of, all right, not everybody, but a lot of people. Uh, me for sure. I, I I was original shit corner first time I encountered Bitcoin. I fell for Unity bias and I bought, bought Dodge Coin and Feather in two thousand thirteen. And you know, uh, a lot of us have gone through it. Yeah. So you can't be blamed for your history. It's just the focus <laughs> now. Yeah, but uh, yeah. really interested in like what, like what was the bedrock that. Was there something special that made you uh, discover? Uh, is there something in Guatemala that, that was you know, helping this development of your company and like a uh, critical mass of Bitcoiners? There there was no option on how to buy Bitcoin. Like the
6: first time I bought was in Japan. And I cannot uh, recommend it anyway. It was a terrible experience. It was a three months experience where you send out your money, you didn't know where it was, if it would arrive there. You know, I would be opening this app just to see if this little number would move. And uh, for three months, that anxiety—oh man, horrible! Do not wish it to anybody. And and close had also a very similar experience um, uh, with with his first buy, and there was just no option. And uh, I think we, we we pushed at the right moment. We we definitely came on at the right moment because. There's also other players here in, in the market now. Um, and, and it's a different take on it, right? Um, they are more of an exchange. You have Abra here in Guatemala as well. But obviously, it's just a different approach. You, you know, they custody their Bitcoin, where it's strictly non-custodial. Um, they uh, said credit cards and have a surcharge of 7% just in that. We don't do that. Um and once you take out the Bitcoin from their platform, you have to pay an additional, like, you know, everybody, like Coinbase or whatever. And I get it. You know, it's a business model. It's it, They're legit. They're doing the best work. And I respect them for that. And I actually appreciate them a lot. We, we have a good relationship with them. Um, our take is just a little bit different, more, I guess, maxi, you could say. Um, but because of the values and what it represents. And I think that's super important to point out is... Um, that's what we really need here. It's not, you know, opening up uh, a place where you can grow your, uh, um, your fiat opportunity. This is about owning and a little piece of the internet of money and the first time in history that Latin Americans have the opportunity to have, you know, a piece of this technology that now 10% of society understands and in 10 years, 90% will be used. That has never happened in our history, ever. And I really hope that Guatemalans open up their ears and eyes to this and that they really grab that opportunity by by the horns and take it on.
1: Oh, hey, um, I have one more question. Is the Guatemalan government or central bank, uh, do they have plans to add Bitcoin to their balance sheet? Oh, I wish, man. We we have a good relationship
6: with, and I've I've talked a couple of times in the Guatemalan Central Bank, um, but they're they're under under a CBDC uh, path right now, and yeah, they're going on that. The thing, the peculiar thing, and I, I just you know one minute into this is the Guatemalan quetzal is actually one of the, in quotes, right, most stable currencies in the world, and it's stable because it's pegged to the dollar, so. If we're the only Latin American country that hasn't suffered hyperinflation, the only, you have to let that sink in. So it has an effect on how people perceive money, how people perceive their currency, and the pride there is in, in, in the very, very good job that the central bank has done in that sense. Um, because every other Latin American uh, country economy has gone through hyperinflation. What's the exchange rate right now? About 7.8 quetzales to the dollar. And in 19, like before 1971, we were one to one. So, yeah, you know, 50 years and just 7.8% divergence is just crazy.
2: That's Uh, super stable. JP, you had your hand up. Uh, Do you still have a question or a comment?
11: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I I did I did several but uh I, I forgot them all. So pre- maybe only to the last point that was made. Um uh I I, I totally come to second uh, Yangmo's uh, assessment in that Guatemala is uniquely poised for a uh, for uh, a great future for Bitcoin. In a sense, I think there's, there's two, two things, two d- dimensions to the whole thing. Guatemala relies so heavily in remittances. We would be as poor as Haiti if, uh, if, if that wasn't true. And so the government has for a long time turned a blind eye, a, a blind fiscal eye to remittances. And they are noticing that bitcoins hold the same promise. Also, to the soundness, I speak to the soundness of our financial system and our central bank in in, when what Yenmo just said that we're only seven we've only had inflation sevenfold since the seventies. So the Catalan is such a strong currency, thanks to well, we have two two. To model laws, energy and uh, and and the, the the I don't know if you know these guys, but uh, Guatemalan the Guatemalan Central Bank, even though it's beholden to the Fed, has a a constitutional bound prohibition to lend money to the government. So our debt has a lot of uh, a lot of um, Hurdles to pass in order for our our government to produce inflation in the traditional kind. So so this is a great thing. And the other law that this guy this is this is a a, a the big mastermind behind this these two laws is uh, Giancarlo Barwin, who was very heavily influenced by the Chicago Boys movement in the seventies, and uh, he's, he, we call him our Chicago boy. And he he's is the big promoter and mastermind. Actually, he designed these laws. That even though we we didn't go as, as as full of breath as the Chilean miracle, we did two things very good, and we have exemplary monetary policy and exemplary energy policy uh, because of that. So those two um, those two just uh, yell. To me, uh, in terms of Bitcoin and and uh, future macroeconomic uh, stability. So, uh, if you go any one any one of you guys are are interested, I mean, are becoming enthused with uh, with uh, Bitcoin Lake and 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 all the projects that are starting here, uh, I can say I could I could vouch for for the future. So that's the only yeah, and to- message that I want to leave on a high note here. And uh, Carly Bargain
6: was a big Bitcoiner, like an um, amazing Bitcoiner, a huge Bitcoiner. He, he even managed, you know, he left his legacy there at the, at the um, Universidad Francisco Marroquín. Um, and he brought uh, Nick Sabo to, to speak here in Guatemala. That's how I met him. Like I managed to talk with Nick Sabo, which I think was a great thing. So, yeah. Kudos to Giancarlo.
2: Okay, Lucas, uh, unless you have anything else, I think we'll move uh, over to closing thoughts here. So any any closing thoughts, Mario?
5: Well, you know, first of all, thank you for organizing this space. It's always uh, interesting to, to to share it with, uh, you know, great people, uh, Bitcoiners. Uh, I'm glad to, to, to hear uh, about the advances in in Lake Atitlan, uh, one of the things about Lake Atitlan, and and, and and I wanted to share this with you guys, is uh, we know about the other you know kind of communities that are kind of self organizing. Uh, I I still think that Panajachel probably is the best place to start the the, the Bitcoin community, and it's because it's the gateway for most of the international uh, visitors that go to Lake Atikant. They land in Panajachel first. So it'd be, it it just makes sense that if we have a a stronger Bitcoin community there, then they, they might want to get involved and they're going to see that happening and and that's going to be great. So, so kudos. And hopefully it'll be, it'll get stronger very soon. And, um, yeah well you know thank you again for 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 everything and and if you ever want to come down to Guatemala don't hesitate to write or contact us and you know we 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 can sit down have a beer pay pay our beer with lightning and you know just just have the whole experience and uh thanks guys
2: thanks Mario. Yangmo. Well thank you
6: guys for having us here um honestly it's, it's great you know People organizing the spaces and being a company that <laughs> grew out of the, this type of meetups, uh, I, I really encourage to keep on doing this and always count with our uh, support and participation. Um, and really looking forward to see how this uh, further develops. And you know, just also to say, Ibex Pay in itself um, on UC Pitalis, where we haven't officially launched it yet. Um, but we will soon do that. And uh, Patrick, please um, count on our support uh, that you can, you know, use our solution. We just have this regulation, regulatory restrictions. Um, but other than that, uh, we're all in. So, um, yeah, looking forward uh, to share more in the future with you guys.
2: Great. And uh, last but not least, Patrick.
4: Yeah, Jamie, thanks. And and Lucas, thanks so much for organizing this. This has been great, the connections. And, uh, I mean, what can I say? I'm looking forward to the journey ahead, the bumps and, um, the, the tussle that goes along with this, but, um, I appreciate all the insights and the comments that everybody uh, provided and look forward to giving a, a great update, uh, soon.
2: Excellent. Um, so, uh, one of the things that throughout this space I've been getting some messages from uh Latin Spanish speaking Latin American uh, bitcoiners or people who are interested in in uh you know bitcoin in Guatemala um I think uh Lucas uh, I know you know Spanish so it might be worth thinking about uh having one of these in in español for uh Claro que sí <laughs> uh, you know, w- one of the things that we do is that, you know, we want to showcase uh, the, the Latin American projects to the uh, international community. And this is why we choose to do them in, in English. Uh, but I think, you know, enough uh, people have re- have sort of requested to that they want to know what's going on and they, they're just having a hard time keeping up with the, uh, you know, tr- trying to translate themselves. So, we, we might have to brainstorm when that's, uh, uh, when that's appropriate, Lucas. Um, we're Global Bitcoin Fest. Uh, we started out, um, you know, earlier in the year and, um, you know, um, we're, we're plebs are <laughs> we don't view ourselves more than, than that. And, and our, our mission really is to try to provide coverage and, and, and provide engagement and connection to those around the world where Bitcoin is being adopted. Um, and um, we're uh, going to be celebrating in next September a 24-hour marathon. And um, and we did it once this year uh, on September 7th, which is when the Bitcoin Law in El Salvador came into effect. We're going to do it again uh, next year. But in the lead up to that, uh, we're going to be having uh, every month Well, actually, probably every couple of weeks, we're going to be featuring a different country. Lucas, anything else? Am I forgetting anything before we close off? And
3: maybe we can hear a few words from uh, Darwin, yourself, JP, and Power as well. Go ahead, Darwin.
8: Yeah, so, you know, uh, so excited to see how Bitcoin is... Uh, moving forward everywhere. So, actually, I was tweeting something a few minutes uh, ago saying that the powerful that will be having, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, a Bitcoin zone. So, free countries where you can move uh, around, yeah, and pay with Bitcoin, for example. Uh, because I remember that when I start traveling, you know, to Guatemala, maybe, uh, 15 years ago, we needed to to get uh, Quetzales. The same when I was traveling from El uh, Salvador to, to Honduras. So I was, yeah, yeah, we were in the need to, to get some. Uh, so, yeah, that will be, so it, it is a lot of work to, to do. You know, I'm glad that, yeah, we are having this kind of spaces, people, that really want to uh, yeah make this happen so yeah uh, thank you everyone
2: thanks darvin um, I, I just also before I uh go on to power here just wanted to maybe just bring attention to something that uh, we we covered in the middle, which was just, you know, Lucas and I were, were very passionate. I say that I'm a maximalist by accident. I started hanging around with uh, some some really good people and I, I actually never had the, the altcoin experience. And I'm glad I didn't, um, you know, and it was mainly because I thought, you know, I, I'm just going to dedicate myself entirely to Bitcoin. And right away, you know, when I started like diving, diving, into it i saw why every other project wasn't wasn't good and right away i uh, i know that being salvadorian w- one of the things that um, uh, anti-bitcoin uh, folks uh, in el salvador say is crypto all the time that's that's their their keyword crypto is their keyword for for um <laughs> i guess shitting on 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 bitcoin and and so um yeah like it's it's a bit of a trigger word like lucas said the moment i hear crypto and it's uh but we only do it because yeah we're very passionate about it and and you know i know that uh sometimes as maxis we get criticized that yeah yo you can't save everybody and we agree but um i'm particularly very protective of um of El, El Salvador and Salvadoran people because I know my people. I'm from there. Uh, I come from humble beginnings, and I know how hard it is for for folks to to make ends meet. You know, and I think that um, you know a lot of us have that um, that low time preference. But in um, countries where you have a higher propensity to spend, because it's Basically hand to mouth and everything that you earn, you need to, to subsist, uh, for, you know, for that day. It's very hard to, to be anything but high time preference, right? And when, when, other, and when they get turned on to other projects where they, they, the, the promise of uh, easy money and making things money, uh, fast money and turning their lives around. I think it's often a mistake because uh, Bitcoin doesn't actually promise that Bitcoin actually puts all of its um, its promise around like what what kind of value are you bringing into the world? You know what's your proof of work? You know it. You, there's no shortcuts around Bitcoin, and that's the, the thing that I love about it is that it doesn't make any fake promises. It just really um, changes that your behavior about how you look at life, how how you bring discipline into your own life, and. and and how you can take financial freedom. Right. And so, so yeah, I mean, I, I know that it might come off as we're being like, you know, a little bit harsh, but, uh, but I think words matter and, uh, and the right terminology matters and that's why we only say Bitcoin. So I hope everybody understands power. What do you say?
1: Yeah, man, I've, um, yeah, I fully agree. I think that uh, you're, you're spot on with that. Right. Uh, it's Bitcoin. Right. Bitcoin was created um, after the great financial crisis. The reason why we had the great financial crisis is because our system is built on shaky ground. It's levered in debt. We don't have a solid foundation fi- financial system. They have to prop it up. They've been propping it up you know, um, forever. The expansion of the money supply is causing the uh, cost of living to skyrocket, right? The U.S. dollar is the, the World Reserve currency, so as the U.S. dollar loses value, other currencies even lose more more value. So, you know, these countries that have go through hyperinflation, I'm lucky to live in the U.S. where, you know, the World Reserve currency is the U.S. dollar, but, you know, a lot of other nations are not, and <clears throat> Bitcoin was created to be a alternative system, you know, uh like the gentleman said, um Guatemala has 15 billion in remittances and utilizing the Lightning network they could add 20% of GDP to their country by bypassing the legacy system which has been the third party right that's the thing about bitcoin is person to person removing the middleman right now we can send value over the internet like like an email person to person right so bitcoin is just going to bypass the middleman and allow the average person to keep more of their wealth right like the crazy thing about the banking system that they set up right in 2019 four four of the largest banks made, like, $8 billion in overdraft fees. Right? Like, if you just think about that, four of the largest banks made $8 billion in overdraft fees. So, basically, they made money off of people that are having financial hardship. That's what the legacy banking system has done. They have positioned themselves to be the middleman of everyone's money and basically, you know, take fees on top of everyone's money. And so... I fully agree that Bitcoin is going to revolutionize and change the world. Naive Kelly, like that guy is dope, man. Like he's talking junk on Twitter to the IMF, right? Like these are legacy, 100,000 year old, you know, 100 year old central banks. And, you know, this young guy who's adopted Bitcoin as legal tender, like he's talking trash on Twitter, you know, because he, you know, because he's made Bitcoin legal tender and he understands the future is Bitcoin. So. And it's really great to talk to people around the world about this. Lucas, man, this is really cool. Like every Sunday you got, you know, a different country. And it's just really cool, man. Like I'm excited for Bitcoin.
2: Lucas, how are we doing with those sats?
3: Last try. Uh, one more to go to talk now. JP. JP, you want to say something to wrap up? Oh, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. Just
11: thank you for having me here.
3: Okay. So I actually, um, I've been doing the role over and over again. So I suggest this, that the 100,000 sats uh, that I wasn't able to give away, uh, will do a special Guatemala space, educational space in Spanish. And Global Bitcoin Fest is going to uh, donate those uh, sats as part of that space. Uh, so we'll educate about uh, lightning and uh, if Mario and Yangmo and uh, Bitcoin Lake, and if, if you guys want to want to do that, that would be cool. Um, we could do it together. Would that be, um, would that be a good solution?
4: That'd be awesome. great.
2: All right. Well, thanks everybody for for joining. Uh, this was a uh, very good space, informational, and I hope everybody found some value. Uh, we're gonna uh, please follow Global uh, Bitcoin Fest and uh, see pay t- pay attention. You know, follow for uh, any uh, um, updates on the next country that we're gonna be featuring. So, uh, thank you and uh, have a great evening, everybody.
1: Global Bitcoin Fest. Celebrate Bitcoin adoption with Bitcoin communities worldwide.